0: This is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Epcot's harmonious reflections of Happily Ever After 2021. Well, Disney has called harmonious one of its most complex nighttime spectaculars. In truth, harmonious is ambitious. We look at how we got to this point in time and examine the show in depth. We look at the song list for the show and consider comparisons to the earlier Magic Kingdom fireworks show of Happily Ever After. We study all of the technical aspects that make up the show and how it comes together. And then there is Beacons of Light, Epcot, which is a game changer and stands far apart from anything done for the 25th anniversary, especially as it relates to being a beacon of light. This is a turning point in the redevelopment of Epcot and we're looking at what is working and how this is really one of the best shows Disney has ever created globally. To begin with, and by the way, you'll want to check out Disney at Play.com. Be sure to subscribe there, know that um, we provide videos of the entire show. It includes a two-angle um, long shot and close-up shot of the show. I think it's it's really one of the best videos I've created on our YouTube channel, J. Jeff Cobra, which we also invite you to subscribe. We also give you a segment of this Epcot Beacons of Light uh, show that happens um, around Spaceship Earth. You'll definitely wanna check that out. Plus a whole bunch of other details and charts. Oh, we have a lot to cover with Harmonious. So let's let's get started. And, and I think the place to start is to, is to consider the history of how we got here in the first place. Please understand there was a day when Epcot was built and people were going to Epcot and leaving around five or six in the evening to go back to the Magic Kingdom. This is the day in the days where Magic Kingdom often was open until late at night. And having felt like they'd been there, done that at Epcot, they went back on over and the opportunity of really building out the dining per cap in the park had not really um, gotten to the level Disney had hoped for. So it became very clear In the same way that Disney in the late 50s saw that there was huge opportunities in bringing crowds at night to do fireworks at the castle and to do what was known as date night at Disneyland. Those those experiences clearly led Disney to understanding that they needed to have something unique at Epcot at night in terms of entertainment. Carnival de Lumiere premiered in 1982. Um, a New World Fantasy followed uh, not long thereafter. In 84, there was something that came out with lasers called Laserphonic Fantasy, and um, and it came into the lagoon. And then in 1996, Illuminations opened. Now, you may be thinking illuminations, reflections of Earth, but this is the initial illuminations. And um, it's one I remember very well because it it premiered just before my wife and I first came to Walt Disney World in 88. We came in November. It premiered in January. And it was... It the foundation of this, as it has been for every show, has been its music. The music that was the centerpiece of Illuminations were orchestral classics like Ode to Joy, Rhapsody in Blue, you know, the United theme song, and United Airlines theme song, and the William Tell Overture. These were familiar orchestral classic pieces that were put together to create a overwhelming um, fireworks show. Also added at that time was the idea that we were going to um, add lights to all of the different buildings and we would even use special projections. My favorite being uh, turning Germany into what seemed like a a candy, uh, Hansel and Gretel kind of uh, candy, Um, house, so to speak, Candyland kind of look thing. And it was an impressive show on its own merits. So impressive that when I started work at Epcot in 96, um, I would, which was the year it, uh, or 94 is when I actually, uh, 95 is when I actually started work at at Disney and I started working on the second floor of, um, Italy and I would orchestrate, I had flexibility on my schedule. I would orchestrate my day So I would come out of the office and end my day as the fireworks were playing for illuminations. I mean, how, how fantastic was that to go home to fireworks every day? So I would end that and then go backstage and, and uh, get my car and drive home. The, um, that was a very popular piece. I remember, and this is telling because it helps us understand how we look at things. Illuminations was the proud beast that Disney, team Disney had made. And then came the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And like this anniversary, the 50th, not only did they have a new entertainment and new things happening at Walt Disney World, we are in the Magic Kingdom in particular. But they also created a new version of Illuminations called Illuminations 25. Remember the Magic started off the show and then it went through um, some familiar pieces that were from the original Illuminations and then it ended with the Circle of Life. Sir, uh, uh, Lion King had just come out um, a couple of years before it was Disney's most successful animated film. Disney wanted to play on that and so they created this ending involving the circle of life which I remember um, my friend taking my friend uh, Judy Daly who um, opened the park back in 1971 and had 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 such a, a successful and it had opened Epcot and had been very much involved with the management of Epcot. And we watched this show. Um, and I remember sitting there watching it with her. And I said, well, what do you think about this Illuminations 25? particularly early referencing uh, the Circle of Life ending. And I remember her, her eyes kind of going, eh, eh. you know, it was okay. And I kept thinking, well, you know, Circle of Life, this is a very popular song. I'm thinking, why is she liking this more? She didn't like it more because her memories were attached to the original illuminations. She had very strong, I mean, she accompanied dignitaries and um, celebrities and, and famous people to illuminations every night. Um, and now she was looking at this show and going, ah, that's so great. I appreciated that because when illuminations, reflections of earth, premiered on October 1st of 1999. It's the show most people think of when they think of Illuminations now. I remember being there on opening night. It was a press event. I hosted press from Mexico because of my language with Spanish, and it was an incredible affair. I could go on and on about how the food was laid out for this press event. In fact, they closed the park. It was not even open for guests. And I took my group and actually came to the front part. The, most of the press event was held around, um, well, it stretched from Germany to France, it seemed, or at least American adventure to France. It was this, I mean, literally layout of food all the way down. And, um, and, uh, but I took them to the other side of the lagoon because I thought it'd be a better view of illuminations, reflections of earth. And I remember being there, and that's a big memory having been there. But at the same time, I don't remember anything from the show that really said, oh, yeah, wow. You know, I really connect emotionally to this show. Now, in the 22 years since, oh, yeah, I have very deep emotional connections to Reflections of Earth with my family, with my wife, my children, with friends. Um, Emotional cannot be the word as I listened to particularly the third part, the third act of the show, there were three acts to that, chaos, order, and meaning. And uh, I understand people's emotional attachment to Reflections of Earth because I have those emotional connections. It did come to an end, however, and as it did, it was a transition show, Epcot Forever, was put in place, which allowed them to then work on the infrastructure of the show um, to be changed out with new barges. Um, Let's talk about the premise of this new show, Harmonious. And by the way, I think they should have said Illumination. Did you even know that Harmonious has its own logo? Its logo ties back to kind of the logos that used to be with Epcot originally. It's kind of like four lines going out vertically with the ones on the end kind of verging out kind of like a fountain. Um, I like that because it links it to something previous. I think they should have called this Illuminations colon Harmonious. And they probably would have had more widespread uh, acceptance of this show. But here's how they describe it. The heart of Epcot transformation comes to life with Harmonious, one of the largest nighttime spectaculars ever created for Disney parks. Now, let me just stop there and say the heart of the Epcot transformation. I think they're really true. That's really true. And it reminds me a lot of Disney California Adventures transformation. And they made a billion plus dollar transformation of that park. And at the heart of that was when um, um, uh, World of Color came out, their fountain show without any pyro, came out and um, I think this is the heart of that transformation too. The show is beautifully crafted, is a beautifully crafted medley of Disney classic music and visuals reinterpreted by a culturally diverse group of 240 artists from around the world. Come and be dazzled by all of it as you discover how Disney music and stories have the power to inspire and unite us all, overcoming any language or border. This magnificent new show brings to World Showcase Lagoon an innovative combination of floating giant screens, choreographed moving fountains, uh, lights, pyrotechnics, and lasers in a 360 degree view. Uh, We'll talk about that 360 in a minute. Enter amazing worlds inspired by Moana, Aladdin, Coco, Brave, The Lion King, Mulan, The Princess and the Frog, and other classic stories. Colorful images and effects dance and change as harmonious weaves familiar Disney music and stories together in brand new ways, through unique pers- perspectives. As, as, yeah, let me say that again: through unique perspectives as diverse as the world itself, Disney songs hop from language to language, as the show brings people from different parts of the world together to unlock the magic of possibility. Again the magic of possibility is is a big theme that is now riding uh, through Epcot. Before, it was about discovery. Um, now it's about, even though there is still a world, dis- or the, there is now a world discovery section, which is where Test Track is, it's really about the magic of possibility. Even though magic is really tied to the magic kingdom, this is about the magic of possibility. Anyway, like Illuminations, reflections of Earth, um, there are three acts to harmonious. Only these three acts suggest something less sequential, chaos, order, um, meaning, and something far more harmonic. harmonic. Those three acts are gather, celebrate, and unite. Let me describe each of these, and this is how I would describe them. Gather, a cacophony of disparate sounds merged together To bring the messages of two songs, How Far I'll Go and Go the Distance, note that each word has the word go, into one with a variety of voices from across the globe. That's the first act. The second act is Celebrate, which is the longest act. Here, we travel across the planet as we acknowledge the cultures and diversity found abroad. We start in the Middle East and move to um, Africa. This is followed by Southeast Asia and China. We then head to Europe, really France, then Latin America, but mostly Mexico, and finally here in the United States, but really mostly New Orleans. That is the celebrate section. It's a across the globe kind of thing. And then we come to the third act. Voices come together as one. To consider a future day where peace, love, and harmony reside someday, someday soon. I use that phrase someday, someday soon, because it is the line, the closing line from someday, which is the song that that anchors the unite section. Now, I'm gonna go through this in more detail, but you're probably gonna wanna go out to disneyatplay.com, to the post, because I have spent way too much time on a chart um, comparing the song lists. And I think that's important because, well, let me go through each of the songs and then I'll describe their comparison to Happily Ever After and to the new Disney enchantment. In the beginning of the first act, we hear these disparate sounds coming from really what are four different Disney classics: Moana, Fe- uh, Lion King, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Frozen. From Frozen, we have kind of that chamber uh, ch- uh, chant that that you remember from that film. We start hearing something of the. Uh, the uh, bells of Notre Dame, Hanwenda, comes from Circle of Life, and then some chant from uh, Moana. And all these four are kind of mixing around each other, and then they kind of come together to um, How Far I'll Go from Moana. And this is sung in different languages from across the globe. And then it goes into Go the Distance, and it too is sung. In different languages. In fact, the beginning part of Go the distance sounds like it may have been a Mexico Mariachi group, but it almost sounds like Italian opera singers. It's very strong. And in fact, it's when um we see we hear the beginning of this that we get the first fireworks. So unlike um unlike the chaos in Illuminations, where remember there was one singular pyro in the air and ah! And boom, and it went, this one kind of grows in. But it doesn't doesn't go too long before it really hits on all cylinders. And these two songs, How Far I'll Go and Go the Distant, kind of merge together again with different singers singing in their languages um, these pieces. And it all kind of comes together. So this is the gathering, is we brought people from different places together into one. And then we move into Act Two, and in Act Two, we then head around the world, and in doing so, we um, we start with the Middle East, and we go, um, we start with the song Arabian Nights, and by the way, in all of this, you see projections of that that are symbolic of different corners of the world. So you see a lot of that mosaic look from Arabian Nights. We see the genie, but it looks more like the genie from, from the movie version, as opposed to the animated classic. Um, we go to the next segment, which is, I want to be like you, which is Southeast Asia, maybe more like India. The sounds are more like they are from India. And here we, um, we see depictions of the Jungle Book kind of done in um, uh, kind of Southeast Asian puppetry, so to speak. So we get that feeling. Then we hit uh, Asia, uh, China, I should say China. We don't really hit Japan or Korea or anything like this. This is not as broken down as something like It's a Small World. We really hit China with reflection from uh, Mulan And then we hit um, Africa. We go to Africa with Hakuna Matata and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? That's a big segment. From there, we move on out to uh, Europe. But again, it's mostly France because we hear the prologue from Beauty and the Beast. And then finally out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, we also do get Touch the Sky from Scotland so we do get a little something more than just France I do, did remember that there is one more than one country uh represented there from there we move to Latin America but again it's mostly Mexico we do get a few chords a saludos amigos um which I probably should have noted on this chart but it's so short I didn't play it out um but it is um it is put out there But then it really goes into detail to Remember Me from Coco and um, El Mundo Es Mi Familia also from that same film. Finally, we move to the last place, which is New Orleans. But again, it's more like, more like um, uh, New Orleans. And, um, um, and there we cover, dig a little deeper. And that becomes this big gospel choir sound and feeling. So what has happened here in the Celebrate is we've truly gone around the world touching all of these different countries with songs very familiar from the Disney uh, classics. It's there at the end of that, we move into our final piece. And that song... Um, that that act called Unite comes together in the song Someday. Now, I've asked several Disney fans or people who would say they are Disney fans, do you know this song Someday? And a lot of them have not known this song or it seems familiar, but they can't place where it's from. Someday was in the f- uh, credits to uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was intended to be, I think, a bigger piece in that show, but I think the song got shelved during the film portion and simply put into the credits. Um, And it did, however, come back alive when Disney chose to do Hunchback in Germany. I'm not sure why it didn't choose France to do it, that, but they did a version to try it out in Germany. And they really brought this song back into um, the main part of the show. And it's sung um, by um, our heroine and by Phoebus. And, and and it's beautiful. Hearing both Esmeralda and Phoebus singing this piece is just, um, it's just, it's a gorgeous piece. Then when Disney took the show off Broadway in New Jersey, Paper Mill Theater, I think it was, they did a new version of the song, and again, so beautiful. And also the chorus sings it at the very end, um, almost at the very end. I mean, the, the Bells of Notre Dame is the very end of that show, but they also do a, a version of Someday Again sung, and it is a beautiful, beautiful piece. And it's a perfect piece for an ending of a show like this. That said, one of the challenges here is if you don't know that piece, then you don't have an emotional connection. And there isn't a more important act where you need to emotionally connect than at the end of this, than in the third act, and the end of this, this show, Harmonious. Now, um, If some of all these pieces seem familiar, not someday, but the other pieces, well, then again, you probably want to go to this chart I have at Disneyandplay.com because I have taken and listed all of the songs from Happily Ever After, all the songs from Harmonious, and all the songs from Disney Enchantment just to see how this is all playing out. And this is what I've learned. First off, there are 26 different songs played in Happily Ever After. Uh, 19, if you include Saludos Amigos in Harmonious, um, which I forgot to do, but so it's listed as 18. And then 17 for Disney, Enchantment. So the first thing you notice is, wow, there is a lot of music in Happily Ever After. Happily Ever After also had a dominant amount of, of second golden age of music. In other words, and I talk about this in Enchantment because there was an even balance of the number of songs in my Disney Enchantment uh, podcast that I did a review of this. The first golden age is really the Walt Disney age, but leading up to Michael Eisner. So it could include songs from the era of say Aristocats and Robin Hood but largely the golden age was that period from Snow White. Some consider it from Snow White up, through, um, up up to World War II. I consider it all the way through Walt's life, which would include things like Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, and Cinderella. That's, any rate. there are five during that listed golden age. There are five in what's considered the second Renaissance or golden age, which is the Michael Eisner era, he went from 84 to 2004. To be honest, the last four years were, were anything but golden. So I've really considered it just that period of time. And then I've listed another five songs for Enchantment f- since 2000. Some being um, um, computer uh, graphic driven, but some still being hand-drawn. So you see, first of all, that Happily after has a ton of music. Happily Ever After had a dominant amount of second golden age of music. Out of their um, 26 pieces, 12 were from that second golden era, meaning we're taking it from Aladdin, we're taking it from Little Mermaid, we're taking it from Beauty and Beast, and we're taking it from Lion King. Those were really big pieces. Um, Tarzan was another one from that era, and um, Hercules got thrown in there. So there are a few other um, uh, uh, pieces, but that's that's where they really um, take their pieces from. Now, mind you, Disney Pixar, since Snow White, has had some 80 full-length films. So when I say you have taken, um, well, given that, there are, between all three of these shows there are 61 songs that have been chosen but only 22 of the 80 films are represented in all and to some degree that's understanding some films like um um some films are meant to be kind of completely forgotten some films uh like atlantis you may really love, but you can't really sing a song to it. And so I get that, but there is surprisingly little representation in all of these from Frozen. There is two pieces from Frozen in all three of these shows. There is one piece from Snow White in all three of these shows, and it's only a few measures long, and surprisingly, there is only one piece from Tangled, which was in Happily Ever After. It is not in Harmonious or Disney Enchantment. That is a real surprising thing because that's probably been one of the most popular musical type shows that have been each. But um, So that's kind of surprising. Now, what has been well represented? Oh, no question. Moana and The Lion King. Each of those have been presented in these four in these three different fireworks shows with four songs from each and but that is a converse to representation which is not found from any classic films like Cinderella Alice in Wonderland and especially Mary Poppins now in um, In uh, Happily Ever After, we do get one song that is not part of an animated film, and that is from Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the He's a Pirate song. Um, We get that. So it wouldn't have been a stretch for Mary Poppins, which now has had two films, to have something represented in all three. That seems to be a real miss. Uh, And... What's more importantly is the two new shows share none of the same songs. So, so you know there is nothing in Harmonious that is in Disney Enchantment, and nothing in Disney Enchantment that is in Harmonious. But if you look at this grid that I've done, I've drawn arrows from Happily Ever After to Harmonious and Disney Enchantment, and there are, there is one, two, three, four five, kind of six, because Wish Upon a Star is used twice in Happily Ever After. Um, there are about five songs from Happily Ever After that show up in Disney Enchantment. However, um, there is um, there is a lot that shows up in Harmonious. How Far I'll Go, Go the Distance, Hakuna Matata, um out there, touch the sky, are all from Happily Ever After. So if you're missing Happily Ever After, the message in all this is you need to, you need to just go to Harmonious, because also songs kind of move, which may help us understand. Because Touch the Sky uniquely representing Scotland. Go the distance, uniquely representing Greece. Um how Far I'll Go Uniquely Representing Polynesia. Um, uh, ref- um, um, out there uniquely reflecting France. And so it may be that they felt rather than doing a happily ever after plus and just kind of making it more of a 50th anniversary in the same way that Illuminations 25 was was made um, during the 25th anniversary for Illuminations. Rather than trying to do a slightly different version of Happily Ever After, it may be why they went to Disney Enchantment. It's because they needed, in order to get this international feel, they needed to move a lot of music from Happily Ever After to Epcot. And that may be why we ended up, in part, with a brand new show. Plus, it markets better to say it, it's a brand new show. So <clears throat> all of that may be part of what's at play in in all of this. But uh, definitely, while the two new shows share none of the same songs, the challenge here is that they do share similar films. Moana, Frozen, and Princess and the Frog, you can find in Harmonious, you can find that in Disney Enchantment, and, and although they use different pieces, musical pieces, you get a feeling like I'm seeing something a little similar. And therein lies a bit of the dilemma. It also may explain why Harmonious chooses not to use film from the animated film, but rather imagery. Um, it also is done because, and I explained this with World of Color, I believe in the previous podcast, In World of Color, they thought to use a lot of paper cutouts uh, to create animation for World of Color. In the end, they ended up doing a lot of animation on the screen. Very little of the symbolic graphics that were done for World of Color ended up in that show. But that may have taught them that they needed to do more of imagery because of the distance with um, the guests to the barges, which is a good opportunity to talk about the elements of this. Sound, music, and narration. Um, I'm sorry, let me just talk about barges. Let me start with that as the first element. It's not listed as the first element, but I need to start with the barges. Because since the barges have been put out, it's been like an eyesore to people. And honestly, when they sit there doing nothing, they are an eyesore to the lagoon. That said, world showcases always had a problem. And the problem is, is when they went to design this, this, this world, if they had said, okay, we're going to carve 12 spaces out for different countries, and remember that it only it premiered not with 11, but with nine. And then Morocco and Norway or Norway Gateway to Scandinavia was added. So if they had only said, okay, we're just going to start with 12, that lagoon would have been closer in and it would have been a much more intimate experience going from one land to the other. It wouldn't have seemed like an entire um, marathon walk to go across if they had gone with that. But they thought planning ahead, we might want to add seven or eight more pavilions. Not surprising because there's so many different countries and cultures out there. And they had thought about Israel and Brazil and Equatorial Africa and Spain and so many more, all of which have never shown up at the gate eventually. And what they've done is they've extended some of the pavilions over. So now one of the spaces for a country now has a meet and greet for Frozen. Things like that have gone on. Uh, A railroad, uh, the, the toy railroad track in Germany is actually in a dedicated space behind, there for an entire pavilion. Well, it was smart planning. It is unfortunate that more countries haven't shown up. But the result of all this is that that lagoon is big. And the problem has always been seeing anything from it. The original firework barges and fountain barges were token. Minuscule, really. Much better was the revolving globe from Reflections of Earth. That was a pretty good wow. What we don't remember from that pretty good wow um, was that we spent the entire, not the entire second act, but the first half of the second act order with this globe revolving from American adventure out to the middle of the lagoon, doing nothing but shining a little light on it. It's only in the second half that we start to see man arriving and, you know, it goes from caveman to the kind of the present. And that's interesting, but the first half was really boring and no fireworks with it. The f- fountains did little for that effect. And if frankly, if you recall, it was a boring piece. Probably one of the most boring pieces of any nighttime show. So when I think of Harmonious, I think, wow, there is a lot happening. Furthermore, it's happening on a bigger scale. So what may have been a 30, 40 foot uh, spinning globe is now 65 foot Stargate. And it's massive. And then you have these four teardrop LED screens, multi-sided teardrop screens, um, angled at an interesting angle. If you look at my show, depending on where the arms move, and we haven't even talked about those, um, you can actually see at times all four of those teardrop barges. The size of this, you have to grant them. They did not... They did not get cheap. Where people are frustrated is that it looks like an eyesore during the day. And I don't disagree with you on that. It is an eyesore during the day if it's not doing anything. But if it could create some, some fountain or some music, that would create a kinetic effect on the lagoon, which was sorely needed. Many a time, I arrived at 11 or 12 in the day at Epcot to the World Showcase Plaza, the front of it, and I would look out and see this dead pool of water and think to myself how uninteresting this is. It felt dead in the parks because there was nothing happening. My answer to that always was I think they should have some boats and mind you there is a boat that goes but they cut that back to one and sometimes it doesn't start till later and all this and sometimes it doesn't run at all and so there are days where you just saw nothing so something is better than nothing and if they can do the fountain show and I trust that they probably will I think they had all their focus on just simply getting the nighttime show so give it some patience I wouldn't be surprised is something comes out in as a, not a show, but something to kind of move water and to create that more kinetic feel during the day. Um, Why not? Uh, They have spent a lot of money on this show. They might as well, and a lot of it is in those barges, so they might as well take advantage of it. So let's go back to the um, other, the other components, elements of this show. Sound music, I think there was a, a little Disney blog video in which the engineer was talking about how there's like 100 speakers around the lagoon. It's just crazy, 80, and And the ability to hear the music throughout, that's just something we take for granted. But it is an impressive. Angela Bassett headlines the um, the enchantment fireworks which is good it's not Julie Andrews but it still is Angela Bassett and that's pretty good I think it's a whole lot better than Jeremy Irons if you remember hap- Happily Ever After was hosted by Jeremy Irons who right at the beginning said and they all lived happily ever after and I think <laughs> always have this image of scar well how did we get scar to narrate this show it's such a happy show how is it that scar is narrating happily ever after this is just this is an oxymoron in and of itself right so here we have a narrator we don't know who it is it's just a narrator it's fine and when we could kind of talk about um their narrative at the very end do you need it It's kind of hard to say, but that is one of the challenges to it. Fireworks, oh my goodness, they have not held back on fireworks. They now have more places to stage those fireworks. We spoke about the barges. We haven't spoken about the moving arms, which portrays, which moves with it, light, fountains, and also pyro in them. This is an astonishing amount of stuff within those arms, especially when you think of the amount of water that's got to go through and the weight of those arms moving off. That is very impressive. And it's just an example of how additional places have been put into into the lagoon for fireworks. Let me also give another example of fireworks. At the end, and you must see this, during the someday piece, they start bringing it all together with both pyro emanating from the arms outward while pyro comes in from the perimeter of the lagoon in. In this perimeter firework effect has been in place for since reflections of earth, it and I could tell how well the company was doing economically by the number of pyro that shot off during that time. It was, um, it was um, typically three shots of pyro. Sometimes, on very, 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 very special days, you got five. There were times where things lay low, and you were lucky to get one. Um, here, this thing fires off and I haven't even been able to quite count it, partly because I'm filming it, partly because it goes off randomly instead of all at one time or both. But you, you just, this is a barrage of boom, 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 boom of these firework, perimeter fireworks. And it is a wow. If you want your wow moment, this is your wow moment during that someday piece. And they're delivering it with pure, unadulterated perimeter fireworks. So, wow, we've gone through sound fireworks. There is projection on the Stargate using water. Here's the challenge with that. It's a great idea. Um, I would have probably preferred a LED screen instead of the projection. Because if you remember Rivers of Light, one of the big problems was is these big projection, they kind of took two hoses and threw them out in the back and then threw projection on them. And it never showed very well, especially because sometimes the animals or the nature they were showing was darker and it just didn't light up or illuminate well. They have fixed this in part by creating again, more colorful, more lighted graphic symbolic work onto the Stargate gate projection. That helps a lot, but it's still a fountain projection. When winds are strong, I'm not even sure how well that's going to look. Um, there is another problem with the Stargate, and that is it's really well seen from two angles, front and back, but not on the sides. And this is supposed to be a 360-degree show. So it would have been cool if that Stargate had rotated, but I don't think with a projection of, um, of of light onto water, that would have worked very well. Um, and you'll also notice, which was said at the very beginning, this thing doesn't seem to line up very well. If you stand in the dead center of the World Showcase Plaza at the entrance and you look across dead center at american adventure which is completely squarely across the street you'll see that the that the stargate is not centered it's not centered largely because i believe the original intention was to center it or to uh, redirect it more toward the pavilion which was being created in world's celebration We don't know even if that thing's being built or what's happening there, but that is my belief of what is, um, why that thing is at the angle it is. Here's the good news. If for some reason you end up in a different place, don't feel like you've missed missed out because you will be able to see the LED screens on the four teardrops from any place in the lagoon. And frankly, um, they're just better because they're led screens here's the other thing you may want to consider after the show quickly get to the world showcase plaza um again between the two traders uh, stores because they do a, a kind of a show afterwards a kind of a fountain show and projection show using the 50th anniversary song and a couple other pieces and you can actually see that play out So If you don't get that coveted front and center space, check it out right after the show. You have a few minutes to do that. I should also mention lasers. Beautiful, brilliant, coming from all over. It's been fantastic and it continues to be fantastic. Lighting, color, color, color all over these barges, all over these fountains. It is beautiful lighting, to the degree you really feel like this is world of color, mated with illuminations, um, illuminations, reflections of earth and ended up with a bigger baby than anybody figured out, planned on. The pavilions continue to light up and they play a great, they light up right at the beginning, actually, as they unite in the first act. And that's very cool. Um, and, and, and definitely, But unfortunately, uh, Norway and Morocco continues to be not lit. I feel like this is put into the budget every time and it's the first thing that falls out of the budget. Um, the, what I will say is I noticed in filming it that Morocco seemed to have colored light thrown on it. I didn't have a chance to turn backwards on my second filming to note whether that had happened with Norway. But my guess is maybe they've done something a little bit more there. Then you have the torches around the side. And then finally, you have this beacon of light in terms of Spaceship Earth. Now, what this may have been intended originally was sort of a surprise postlude to um, to the harmonious show where the narrator says good night and then people turn and they see... Spaceship Earth light up in a way they had never seen before, but I assure you, what may have been intended as a postlude may well have now become the headliner. This is impressive, it is kinetic, it is interactive, it is an astonishing piece, and everyone is gathered around this ball throughout the evening capturing themselves and capturing video and just taking it all in that added with the whole uh, redo of the lighting structure and the new fountain and the flags in the um in the forecourt of uh, what was future world which is now world celebration this is this is an amazing. This is an amazing thing that has occurred. And by the way, may I suggest this? I don't know that there is an Imagineer out here listening to this, but if you are, please carry this somewhere. You need to run, not walk, because you only have a few weeks to do this. But you got, if you look back on your tape tracks, you're gonna find something called Winters of Light. It was an amazing show that connected what was Future World to World Showcase during the holidays. Oh, it was beautiful and astonishing. I doubt that will ever come back. But boy, you have a way right now of taking that ball and making it sing to that music. And that could be an amazing... That would be an event in and of itself during the holidays. Definitely, definitely, you... Imagineers need to bring winters of light to this kinetic beacon of light sculpture called Spaceship Earth. By the way, these are the same lights that you find in the breezeway next to Club Cool and to the new creation shop, the old Mouse Gear shop. I would love to see those lights all the way extended back up to Spaceship Earth and almost become kind of one connecting ribbon, taking you right through Uh, all of what will be now the center spine or what's called world celebration. Oh, it would be so amazing, so cool. Let me summarize where I'm feeling about all of this. You may not feel quite yet the emotion I feel about this new show and with the beacons of light. And I totally get that. It may take another generation for us to be as attached emotionally to this as it did uh, when we all became eventually attached to Illumination's reflection of Earth. But I will tell you, there is good stuff here. For me, it's already connecting. And the reason why it is connecting for me is because this last piece in Harmonious, Someday... This piece I have loved for several decades now. It has ever since I heard it in the CD of, and, and when we watched the film Hunchback to the different theatrical versions that came out. And by the way, it also was part of the Hunchback of Notre Dame um, backlot show it played as guests were exiting there. This has, been, this has been a song that has particularly woven through the relationship that I have with my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter lives in New York and last week, I went out there to help her close on her new house with her and her wife and their young grandson. Spent a lot of time babysitting the grandson, which is always good stuff. I was particularly at one point though, on the third day, kind of missing my daughter. She was having to take care of the closing and the moving and and then cleaning the old place. And I was doing the babysitting. So I was kind of sitting there the third day, regretting that I kind of missed this um, pre-launch of Harmonious, looking at it on YouTube video and so surprised to hear this song come up someday. Um, in a time where we are all dealing with so much difficulty and challenge around us. This song should be knitted to our hearts. It is a song that speaks, like the show, of acceptance, of understanding, of becoming one, of becoming a part of one. We all in our own ways, deal with feeling like Quasimodo, left out. We need to come together, be united, and and make the world a better place. That's what the song speaks to, that someday, someday soon, we might have a better world a more inclusive world, a more loving world to be a part of. Harmonious sets the stage for just that. We thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate your friendship, your patronage. We hope that we bring meaning to your own disney experience uh, we invite you to visit disney at play.com disney at work.com subscribe to our websites visit itunes if you think this is this is good stuff please go there and offer a favorable rating even a review this helps notify others of what we have. Please visit J. Jeff Cober on YouTube. You'll find the videos we've talked about there and so many more. And please consider joining the Wayfinder Society. It is our Patreon group which celebrates in new and interactive ways the ideas that we bring to you here at Disney at Play and Disneyatwork.com. Again, Thank you. In the spirit of Sinbad's storybook voyage, a tale told also by Alan Menken, always remember, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.